0: Sports Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: It is a Monday afternoon edition of the Steve Jones Show as we begin a new week on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you for today, filling in for Sean Carey. Sean will be back on the show tomorrow with Steve. Steve Jones coming up in just a little bit from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. You can find the Steve Jones Show online at stevejonesshow.com for all the latest Penn State and sports news and notes and our Podcast as well. Also, find the podcast on Google Play and iTunes. We're at Steve Jones PSU on Twitter, at Steve Jones Show on Facebook as well. You can see all the latest sports headlines, Penn State headlines, and podcasts as well on our Facebook page. And what a weekend it was for the 2018 Masters, the 82nd edition of the Masters Tournament. A terrific final round yesterday, won by Patrick Reed, finishing at 15 under. He is your champ. First. Major ever for Patrick Reed and also his first green jacket as well. Able to hold off Ricky Fowler at 14-under. Jordan Spieth, we'll talk about him in a second, at 13-under, finishing third. Just a surge that he made, and he was definitely a story of the tournament. John Ron finishes fourth at 11-under. Then you had Rory McIlroy, who began the day on Sunday, three shots behind Patrick Reed and at 11-under, and he finishes 9-under. He had just a, a tough day on the course, and now he falls a little bit short of trying to achieve that career grand slam that only a few golfers have been able to achieve over the course of it. Tiger Woods didn't make as much noise as possibly anticipated. He only shot four over for the tournament finishing tied, or one over, excuse me, for the tournament finishing tied for 32nd, but he actually shot a 69 on Sunday. That was his best round of the day, but getting back to the top with Patrick Reed, I mentioned Jordan Spieth, the charge he made throughout the day, the Ricky Fowler coming on late as well. John Rahm made a little bit of a push, too, towards the end. And Patrick Reed, he didn't have the greatest round ever, wasn't the cleanest round, but he did just enough to win. And I think the number one thing for him was, the number one key was the way he putted the entire tournament. And boy, did he need it more than ever on Sunday. He started the day bogeying the first hole. Then he birdies hole three, bogeyed six, birdied on seven, and then you get down the stretch here, he had a key bogey on 11 that opened things up a little bit more for Jordan Spieth who was charging, but then comes back to birdie 12, parred 13, and then birdie 14, and then he parred the rest of the way including a, a key par on 18 that ended up finishing the job there. So Patrick Reed doing just enough to get his first career green jacket. Of course, getting from Sergio Garcia. Last year's Master Ch- Masters champ who had a just an atrocious day on Thursday, hitting a 13 alone on that 15th hole, hitting the ball in the water four times. That was just a, a day in a tournament to forget for the defending champ, Sergio Garcia. But Patrick Reed is your winner. And now we get to Jordan Spieth, who, to me, you're never going to see a greater performance from a, from a golfer as young as him, a guy who's already won the Masters, too, than what you saw yesterday. Birdies, five of his first nine holes in the front nine. Then you go up to the back 9. He parred 10 at 11. And getting back to 9 real quick, he had that amazing birdie putt from just outside the green. Still on the, the edge of the fairway. And I, I tweeted this out. If that didn't send a message to the rest of the field that he was coming, I don't know what was. But to me, the most amazing shot I think he had of the entire tournament was on 12, setting up that birdie that shot he had from halfway through the fairway to set him up on the green to set up an eagle opportunity, then he pushes that eagle putt just wide right of the hole. And had he made that, that probably would have changed the whole complexion of the tournament.
0: Well, not the most popular champion ever. That's no, for darn sure. No. But certainly
1: well-deserved. Not- he showed some fire to him, obviously, the way he handled himself. Right. And he had some big, he made some big putts, right. as I mentioned, Steve, down the stretch.
0: Oh, is he a good player? Yes. Yes. Uh, is he a player that's going to win a lot of majors? No. Um, I think he, I would not doubt that he wins another major in his career because he's, uh, I'll tell you what Patrick Reed is. Patrick Reed is a very good closer.
1: Definitely saw that yesterday because he's so good on the greens and so good putting.
0: Well, normally he's not. He came into this thing ranked fifty sixth on the tour in putting. That's true. He but he had a really good week. He is a really good closer. Whenever he's had opportunities to win tournaments, and this is what always made Tiger Woods so awesome. I mean when Tiger had a chance to lead after three rounds. I mean, everybody else was checking the board to see what the second place prize money was. <laughs> um and that's you know, that's because how but this out he's a really he gets in a position to win Patrick Reed closes and when That's what helps him so much on Ryder Cup and President's Cup because he considers those matches to be closers for him. Those are like closing rounds to him. So he gets that bulldog mentality as to how he plays. Um, but he is not a very popular guy in the tour. Uh, all this Captain America stuff and everything like that, uh, with the players and with the fans, he's not that popular a guy. Uh, he the, with his fellow competitors, he's too abrasive in their opinion. Uh, and with the fans, he doesn't interact a lot with the fans. He doesn't. He's not a guy that sits around and signs autographs. He's not a guy that talks to you during the course of a round. Now, you don't have to talk to fans during the course of a round. I mean, you're locked in, and this is how you need to play. I got it. But when the round is over, you know, you, you, know, you got to be have a little more uh, interaction with fans. He's not that kind of guy. I mean, here's a guy who was at the University of Georgia.
1: Won um, two national championships, I do believe.
0: Yeah, but he got kicked out of Georgia And it wasn't for the best of reasons He then was suspended for a little bit At Augusta State now, He doesn't have much of a relationship With his family um, You notice his parents Weren't there yesterday um, And. But again, as a player Could he win another major in his career? Yeah, he could I could see him, for example, winning a PGA someplace along the way. His game isn't really suited to the British Open. It definitely is not suited to the U.S. Open. Um, uh, but he is, he is a very good player, and he plays brilliantly on Ryder Cup and, and President's Cup. The reason is he gets to that fourth round of a tournament with a chance to win. At the end, he'll be in the neighborhood of winning it or... Close, well, in President's Cup and in Ryder Cup, that's how he play. He plays like it's the fourth round of those tournaments. And he's very emotional. Uh, Tiger Woods on his comeback trail. What's interesting about him? I think Tiger will win a tournament somewhere this year, but I don't think it's going to be a major. I agree. Uh, and what's? I'll I'll go through a couple things here. Number one, with him. What was the strongest part of his game coming into the Masters? His iron play. He's always been a great iron player anyway. Well, his iron play coming into the Masters was really, really good. And that was the oddity of what we saw. His iron play was not very good at Augusta. It just—it it has nothing to do with anything other than sometimes you're off just that half-tick. And I think his iron play was off just that half-tick, and it, that's, that kept him from being able to generate a score. And that's all part of the process of coming back. I mean, sometimes when you're coming back like he is in the process, you finally get to be okay, and then you get to something else, and that's then oh, you, you fall back a, a step or two because you can't keep everything consistent. What was interesting is the reason I did not expect him to win the Masters was that for the first time in the tournaments he's played in, this was the first time where he had to really use driver. All the other tournaments he played, he didn't have to use driver. He was using irons off the tee, three woods off the tee, no driver. Uh, Augusta National, he had to use driver all the time. And you know the interesting part is, man, he, he drove the ball really well. Yeah. That was the interesting part. His driver was just fine. It was not erratic or anything like that. He, instead, it was of all things his irons. So why do I think he'll struggle in some other majors? Number one, Shinnecock does not set up well for his gameplay. It is right now. Number and he's never played well at Shinnecock. Carnoustie doesn't set up well for his game right now, and he's never played well at Carnoustie. Now, I can't tell you how his game would be for Bell Reeve and St. Louis. I don't think he's ever played it. I don't think any of them have ever played Bell Reeve. Bell Reeve used to be on the circuit for PGA's and U.S. Opens, kind of fell out of it, now has come back. And so nobody really knows about that. Now, next year, next year's a little different. Next year, the U.S. Opens at Pebble Beach. That seems to suit his game pretty well. A little bit. Yeah. That's
1: his so
0: yeah. But it's for him it's all a process. I think everybody's hoping for the for the exposure of the game that he does really well. Well, you can tell by the ratings. The Thursday Friday ratings on ESPN with him playing up 40%.
1: That's not a surprise.
0: 4-0. Huge. Uh and but it's still a process of him trying to get back. And now here's the other part. He's 42. Father time is undefeated. And so he's he's got to fight the aging part of it while still playing his game. Again, do I think he has another major in him? Yeah, absolutely. At some point I think he does. I think he'll win a tournament this year. Not a major, but I think he'll win a tournament. And even and see, that would be an important step in the process. Because there's another part, too, despite what everyone thinks. Right? When you haven't won in a while, and he hasn't won in five years, when you haven't won in a while, you almost have to mentally relearn how to win. Especially
1: so with the five, way the, how competitive yeah. the field is now. You saw that firsthand yesterday in the final round.
0: Well, and see, all four championships right now, among the majors, are held by Americans. And all four of them, all by different people, they're all under 27 years old. Huh. But as for Reed, you noticed yesterday when they made the introduction? From Northern Ireland, Rory McElroy, The place went crazy. When Reed came up, it was like, play <laughs> <polite> golf applause. <laughs> all right. Now, as they go down, they get to 18. Now, you saw, it. when Spieth walked up to 18, the place is going insane. Right? When Fowler walked up to 18, the place is going insane. Fowler then drops the birdie putt. The place is going insane. When Reed walked up, they all stood up and gave him a very polite, hey, congratulations. But there are reporters that were mixed in with some of the crowd watching to see if he'd win it on 18 they said people were were like i hope he misses it right i mean there and then one reporter was bill plasky from the la times couldn't quite see but he said i'll gauge by the crowd's reaction then he said when the crowd reacted he said i couldn't tell and he said i looked over at the uh, a guy that could see and i said i said did he get it again? Yeah, and the guy looked at me he said yeah unfortunately yes i'm trying to see there's You can scream Captain America all you want. Look, he won. He earned it. He earned it. And do I think he's a good player? Yes. Do I think he's a great player? No. Um, I think he will win more tournaments along the way, and maybe at some point he will win another major. Uh, Zach Johnson has won two majors, an Open and a Masters, and has won other tournaments. I I wouldn't doubt that Patrick Reed's record looks like that. Except I'll, I'll look at Zach Johnson as being a better player. I like Zach Johnson's game. I like his game. I like his demeanor. A lot of things about Zach Johnson to like. I think he's you know he's a champs champ. Reed love how he plays a, a President's Cup. Love how he plays Ryder Cup. But again, you got to you got to do more with the fans. I mean, it's, it's not a question of trying to get them on your side. They're all paying money to be there, and it's one thing about the young players. You know, I've had a chance now to to interview through U.S. Opens and so forth. Some of these younger players, they're really great to deal with. Great great to deal with. Spieth, great to deal with. I mean, the the long list, Justin Thomas, great to deal with. They all are. So there go. Okay, game's in pretty good hands. All right, we'll come back with uh, more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Let's go to Dick in Milton on the Masters. It's Steve, so it wasn't my imagination, this guy. I thought they were going to have to turn the heat on in Butler Cabin. The guy was so cold. I I just, I have never saw a guy like cold in, in golf. It, it really is amazing. I mean, for one thing, it's interesting. For Sergio Garcia... I think winning softened him up a little bit because a lot of, he was not a popular guy with the fans on the tour. But, you know, I can understand between the ropes, some people have different personalities and don't want to be bothered by anybody or anything. They lock in on what they're doing. And that part I get. You have to do what you think is best. But once you get to the other side of the ropes... I'm with you Dick. I think look, you got to be able to be somebody that has the ability to reach out to somebody else and you're right. Hey, that was not a sparkling moment in Butler Cabin. I just so I, at first I thought it was my imagination how this guy could be this off this you know, just putting off on stuff. And then this morning I read in the paper that he was pretty much an unpopular guy. And then I could see why. And then you you bring it up, and I'm thinking I see this in a lot of sports. You see this with football players once in a while, or a basketball player, maybe even a tennis player, but a golfer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean and, and, and that and he he does very little interaction with fans. His fellow competitors. This is not a popular dude, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> you Have put you them ever aside seen a golfer like that before? Ever. Uh, no, I've seen. Now, everybody has different personalities. Some are shy. This is a very outgoing group. Jason Day, if you ever interview him, outgoing. Rory McIlroy, outgoing. Spieth, outgoing. Justin me, Ta- I mean, I can go through the long list of young players. They go with guys like Mickelson, and now Woods is very outgoing. Right? I mean, this people guy didn't is like Tyron Woods because he won a lot. Yeah, that yeah. It, with him, it was like, oh, look, I'm sick of playing for second. <laughs> right. But anyhow, it wasn't my imagination. Thanks, Steve. Bye. No, nope, it was not, Dick. Thanks. All right, Matt Leon coming up at 4:06 today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q. It's 11 and 15 in Humbles Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades. And whether it's auto, home, life, or business insurance, they know Exactly the insurance you need, and they'll find you the best price. All at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Time now for this day in sports history. 1912, the first exhibition baseball game held at Fenway Park in Boston to open the park. The Red Sox played Harvard. 1913, the Brooklyn Dodgers' Ebbets Field opened. 1941, the PGA established the Golf Hall of Fame. 1945, the National Football League decreed that it was mandatory for football players to wear socks in all league games. Now you get fined if they're not pulled up high enough. 1959, the Celtics won their first of eight consecutive NBA championships. 1965, the Houston Astrodome held its first baseball game. 1987, Wayne Gretzky passed John Beliveau as the all time hockey playoff scoring leader. In 2002, Sako Koivu returned to the Montreal Canadiens after a seven month battle with cancer. And in 2002, the New Jersey Nets won their first divisional title since joining the NBA in 1976. I did a couple of games at the Barkley Center back in November. I can tell you there aren't a lot of Nets banners up there. Not a lot of banners up there at all. They made the final one year. And that is this day in sports history. Get everybody up to date. All right, so we had the Masters yesterday. Uh, Like I said, Reed's a tough bulldog who knows how to close. Uh, You watched him putt, he really is a middle-of-the-road putter on the tour statistically. Um, Like I said, somewhere down the line, because he does get himself in the neighborhood, I think he could win another major, maybe. But there are other players on the tour, you know, look, you, you have to be at your best four times a year it's not easy to be at your best at the right you know because timing means everything and his timing was great this way he was at his best and he he beat everybody I mean he won now, it doesn't mean he's the most popular guy out there because he is not He's not that popular with the fans? And he's not popular at all with his uh with his fellow competitors and mm. does that mean he shouldn't win no if you're the best one that week, you're the best one that week. He was the best one this week so there's your master's winner pirates by the way uh postponed today i'll actually play tomorrow now with the cubs snowing in 35 in chicago that usually does it
1: they have had the worst luck this year with with rainouts and snowouts. they had their their um season opener snowed out in detroit and then i think they had a rain out either the day or two after and now they had the snow out today in chicago
0: well the weather's been lousy i mean uh, all over to the place to, Everywhere and that's one of the reasons you're seeing batting averages so low it's been so cold I mean the ball's not going tr not gotta fly when you hit it
1: not, not going mention ex- it's just tough to stay loose too as a hitter in that cold weather.
0: I think somebody told me the Indians are hitting one sixty one as a team. ouch I'm no expert, but I think that's low um, Wow. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We are now 16 days away from the Rice Commission Um, and its recommendations for college basketball, which I think will also have a domino on college football. It's going to be interesting to see um, how this plays out with recommendations Uh, you don't know for sure what they're going to recommend yet there was an article last week that gave um, uh, an indication that maybe they weren't enamored with the idea of uh, uh with players being able to capitalize on their likeness, so that might might not be in there. and But something that might be in there that I think is um, interesting uh, is something that you know I'm very much for. I think that a student athlete should be allowed that if they are not drafted to go back to school. Now, this does create obviously an issue for coaching staffs in football and in basketball about making sure there's still room at the end available if a player wants to come back. So that is an issue. Because you have to make sure that there's still room at the end. And I think they should be allowed to to go back if they're not drafted. In fact, I think they should be allowed to go back even if they are drafted and don't like where they got drafted. Remember, it already is in place. Um, it's already in place that if you're drafted by a team, they got 364 days to sign you. So that part's already in place. So you can go through a season drafted by, say, the Atlanta Hawks, and you can find yourself you can find yourself um, playing an entire season and when the season's over have the option of signing with that team and you may have played your way to a bigger contract but I think it's something they should leave the door open for that you put your name in, go from there. And I don't mind if, I used to mind very much the idea of agents and advisors while somebody's still in school. But maybe there's a circumstance where you can look at it where maybe it should be allowed. But they have to be carefully scrutinized by conferences, schools, and the NCAA as to who it is. So those are some of the items I think they need to look at. And there's going to be unintended consequences to anything. Now, most basketball teams, not everybody has 13 scholarship players. So the door would still be open. Not every football team is 85. Now, you have some that are over. Notre Dame right now is at 89. They have 89 scholarship players if all the freshmen come in. As scheduled on June 30th. So are there a couple of freshmen, for example, they may have to gray shirt? Are there a couple of veterans that are going to get their degree and move on? I don't know, but they're going to get to 85. So you even have some that are over. But there's also a group that are under. Now, As you go through a football season, how many times do you see on ESPN game day that walk-on that ascends to get a scholarship and the emotion of the walk-on getting the scholarship I mean the prestige it brings with it for the family, my goodness it means they don't have to pay tuition and room and board anymore I mean, it's unbelievable but that also should tell you something how many of those videos do you see every fall? A bunch of them, right? Well, that should tell you that there are scholarships available. They're not at eighty-five. That's why they can do it. For example, last season, I'll give you an example. Last season, before the season began, Desi Davis got a scholarship at Penn State. Why? They had an availability, so they picked a deserving walk-on, and Desi certainly was one of the would fall into that category, and he got a scholarship, just like Von Walker did. It's like Brandon Smith did. Walk-ons that moved up and got scholarships. They earned them. They deserve them. So, one of the unintended consequences would be no room at the end. You went, I filled it. But I think it's something that needs to be considered. If you want to push the NBA in the direction of let's go back, let's, you know, let them go from high school in, let's get rid of the one and done. That might be something that would force them to sit there and go, yo, okay, let's do this. Now, when it comes to making money off of likeness, there's some unintended consequences there as well. We'll see whether they consider that or not. Because you're trying to get a handle, obviously, on basketball from ages 10 to 17 those are those AAU years and when it comes to endorsement money for example what is to keep the major shoe companies from giving a six figure endorsement number to said prospect before they go to college say one and done is still there. I don't think it becomes as much of an issue if they're going straight to the NBA. But part of what the allegations happen to be is that said shoe company gives X amount of money to X student athlete and then steers them to X school that also happens to be the same shoe company. So, all of these items in the next 16 days, we'll find more about about what they recommend, and we'll find out the depth of the recommendations, why they recommended, what we think they got right, and what maybe they missed. By the way, great to see Bill O'Brien back. We'll talk about that in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Great to see Bill O'Brien here on uh, Saturday. It was just great to catch up with him. Obviously, I mean, when I talked to him, we talked about families. He wanted to know how, you know, Kathy was doing and the kids and grandkids and things like that. And I asked him about Colleen and Jack and. And Michael, and Michael's now pitching in Little League, and, you know, he's, you know, it's, so that part was fun. Then we got just a chance to catch up. He couldn't have said, when we came to the press conference part, he just spoke from the heart, but he couldn't have said the right things if you scripted it I mean, any better. He talked about what the foundation that Joe left him and how important that was. He talked about the great job James is doing now, the upgrades of the building, the facilities, the talent. That's what he thinks Penn State is and what Penn State should be. And he's thrilled to see how it's come together here. Um, so he was. It was great to see him back, and he looked really good. And he just he was relaxed, which was really great. Uh, and uh, I was you know, yeah, I was I was really happy to see him. He's, he I you always know, got along really, really well with Bill. and uh, I really want to see him have great success in Houston because I just I personally just like him. Um, right man, right moment, right time. And uh, somebody that uh, I'll consider a friend for a long time. Uh, interesting article, ESPN, and again he pray. I mean, he really lavished a lot of praise on the job James has done. And he also made sure that he, he mentioned the foundation that Joe left him. I mean, he, again, he handled everything really, I mean, perfectly, and it was genuine. It was, I mean, if you know Bill, there isn't a phony bone in Bill O'Brien's body, not in the least. He is very honest to the point, and great sense of humor. Good guy. Really good guy. Excellent coach, too. Uh, ESPN article. This is really interesting with the NFL draft coming up about drafting quarterbacks. Now, the NFL doesn't always get it right. So, 1998, first quarterback drafted, Peyton Manning. Best quarterback in draft, Peyton Manning. 1999, first quarterback drafted, Tim Couch. Best quarterback drafted, Donovan McNabb, but he was right behind Couch. 2000, Chad Pennington, best quarterback, excuse me, first quarterback drafted. Now, Pennington was, you know, when he was healthy, he was a good quarterback. Best quarterback drafted in 2000 was Tom Brady. You know what's interesting about that? My father-in-law is a huge Patriots fan. When they drafted Tom Brady, I said, that's your future quarterback right there. He thought it was nuts. Because they had this guy, Michael Bishop, out of Kansas State, and I said, I'm telling you, I said, Bishop doesn't, doesn't grasp plays. I said, Brady knows how to play the NFL game. 2001, Michael Vick, first quarterback drafted. Obviously, good career, but, of course, interrupted. We don't know why. Best quarterback drafted, Drew Brees. I felt always felt that Brees was going to be a very good NFL quarterback. 2002, first quarterback drafted, David Carr. If he w- didn't go to Houston to get the living daylights beaten out of him, I think he would have been the best quarterback drafted that year, but you know, but he did get the living daylights beaten out of him. David Garrard, who had a decent little run at Jacksonville, is considered to be in that draft the best one drafted. 2003, Carson Palmer first, Carson Palmer best. 2004, Eli Manning, first quarterback drafted by San Diego, by the way. Best quarterback drafted, Ben Roethlisberger. They both have two Super Bowl wins. Roethlisberger has had consistently more playoff appearances. I agree with the assessment, but I can tell you right now in New York, they aren't exactly disappointed. They got Eli Manning with two Super Bowl MVPs. 2005, Alex Smith was the first quarterback drafted and has had a really good career. But the best quarterback drafted, Aaron Rodgers. 2006, Vince Young, best Jay Cutler. Okay. 2007. This one will eat anybody up. Jamarcus Russell first picked Kevin Cobb best. (laughs) well, no, there's nobody in
1: 2007. Tell me about it. Those two. Nobody.
0: 2008, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, 2009, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, 2010, Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford, 11, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, and 12. This is interesting. Andrew Luck, first quarterback drafted, best quarterback drafted, Russell Wilson. I agree with that. And I I agree with that. 2013, EJ Manuel first, Geno Smith best. Oh. Ouch. Brutal.
1: I still go with Kevin Cobb and Jamarcus Russell ahead of that. That was the worst.
0: Oh. 14, Blake Bortles first, Derek Carr best. 15, Jameis Winston first, Marcus Mariota best. 16, Jared Goff first. Carson Wentz best. 17, Mitchell Trubisky first. And Deshaun Watson, who Bill likes a lot, best. Guy Cipriano, old friend, joins us. To talk a little golf and Matt Leon, final half hour.